Hello, and welcome to the 3H2Humans radio show. Each episode, Leonardo and Mustachio explore conscious communication, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? Sit back, stand up, drive, or jog. Whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings. Today is Wednesday, December 20th, 2017, here in the Mahoney Park area of Roseville, California. Today, Mustachio and I are recording the intro for Season 3, Episode 4, Amit Goswami Event Recap. Today's episode includes listener challenge number 36, a thought seed travel, a thought seed movie, some highlights from the upcoming interview on 1216, as well as announcements. For the listener challenge number 36, engage fundamental creativity. For this week, engage fundamental creativity a little bit each day. There are many ways a person can be creative. Fundamental creativity involves a free-form approach to the creative process. Instead of following another person's lead, alter the environment according to one's own unique perspective. Creation on this level can be complex to involve a new theory or something simple like cleaning out the pantry or freehand drawing. Be a 3H2 human and transform an idea into art. This week's listener challenge is very near and dear to my heart. Fundamental creativity is something that I like to work into my daily life. As I'm currently going through a transitional time, it's been difficult for me to do the creative things that I normally do, which give me vitality, positive energy, motivation that restore my life force. And it's been challenging for me to be a normal person (laughs) and do normal people things and have normal conversations. And (sighs) so I'm glad for today I am engaging fundamental creativity by recording the show, producing the show, editing the show, creating the show notes. All of these things are original ideas. They are thoughts I have, and I transform them into physical objects, something within the pink zone. When an idea to be creative is simply an idea, that's yellow zone. It's not tangible. It's very difficult for others to understand what that vision is. So this week's listener challenge is about putting those ideas in the pink zone to create something, to alter the environment according to one's own unique ideas. To fulfill this challenge, it could be something simple as drawing in a notebook, 
sketching out some ideas of characters or tropical places to something a bit more complex, such as producing a radio show or putting a theory down in a written format. Once an idea enters the material world, it holds a lot more substance. And we've talked before on the show about how memory is very flawed in humans. So to think of an idea today and then reflect on that tomorrow is different and involves lower level processing than to write that idea down and reflect on it tomorrow in a pink zone way where the memory aspect is removed and it's a tangible, graspable, editable object. So for this week, engage fundamental creativity. And as we discuss in the upcoming episode, use this opportunity to benefit oneself, a loved one, or society in general. Put a bit of a positive spin on the creative process. The Thought Seed Travel is for downtown Palo Alto in the California Bay Area. The downtown area offers shops, culture, and is walking distance to Stanford University. In early December, my mom and I traveled to downtown Palo Alto. Oh, (laughs) the last time I was there was probably in my early 20s. I think maybe when I was 21 or 22, just barely able to go into the bars. And there was a bar that had a gorilla in a cage. And there were peanuts at the bar. And people could eat the peanuts and throw them in the cage. And there were peanut shells all over the floor. And that was my big memory about downtown Palo Alto. That was about 15 years ago. And the area has changed. It's a lot more classy than uh, throwing peanut shells at a gorilla. (laughs) If anyone out there went to that bar, uh, shoot me an email. I'm very curious what the name of it was and if anyone else remembers it. The new feeling I felt from downtown Palo Alto was reminiscent of a Hallmark movie. My mom and I went to a tree lighting ceremony, which is so funny because neither one of us had been to one before. We'd only seen them in the Hallmark movies. And it was fun to be a part of the action and to walk around in an area where the streets are lined with trees that have lights on them. It was a very comfy, cozy feeling. Also, Stanford University is walking distance from downtown Palo Alto. So we walked down there, looked at some of the art, and absorbed that environment. And I thought of all the great minds that have come in and out of Stanford. And what was really neat, a synchronistic gift, as we were walking down one of the main grass strips to the front of the university, there were two guys on bicycles on either side of the grass patch. So there's a grass patch in the middle and a paved path on both sides. And they were throwing a frisbee to each other across the grass 
on their bikes. <laughs> I was a bit in awe of the dexterity of these gentlemen. And I think one of them felt that. And I said, oh, hey, hi. And he's like, oh, hi, how are you doing today? And having a pleasant conversation with me, wishing me a wonderful day as he's one-handed riding his bicycle and tossing a frisbee to someone on the other side of the path. It was neat. It was something I expected from Stanford. Mental and physical genius. <laughs> so check it out. Downtown Palo Alto. In the future, Mustachio and I will put up some TripAdvisor notes for some of the places we visited. That will probably happen in the next couple weeks. But two food recommendations are the Three Seasons Restaurant and Life Kitchen. Both of those places have incredibly friendly people, both staff and customers, as well as healthy, substance-filled vegetarian options. So check those out. Three Seasons and Life Kitchen. For the Thoughtseed movie, A Christmas Tree Miracle from 2013. This movie gives a peek into the power of synchronicities and potential of miracles. The first time I saw this movie was this year. It's from 2013 and reminds me that even though something isn't new and fresh, it can still be as captivating and entertaining as something that's a bit aged because it's evergreen. It's a movie. It's just as relevant this year as it was in 2013. The uh, production of the movie and the, I believe it's the camera lens, is a bit on the low quality side. So it's a bit of a low budget movie, but it ranks very high with the story and the acting. I feel the movie portrays an American family and their complications in a realistic way as well as the power of synchronicities. How something small, such as a cup of coffee or a sympathy card, can alter someone's history forever. And this was perhaps a message that I need at this time, to be reminded that I'm planting seeds, even though I don't feel the direct benefits of my actions, they're seeds and they're planted. So some thing is happening underneath the soil. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's a whole lot better than doing nothing. And this was a message that warmed my heart and also reminded me that even though people don't comment directly to me about the kindness I offer others, that doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect on people. I recommend A Christmas Tree Miracle for this year's holiday watching pleasure. I believe I watched it on Amazon, but then I also typed it into the cable recording machine <laughs> and it popped up as well. But through Amazon or Netflix, there were no commercials. I prefer commercial-free holiday viewing. 
So check it out on whatever app or media device is desired. Coming up is the recording. Mom and Leonardo discuss Amit Goswami's workshop. This interview was recorded on December 16th, 2017. I'm grateful my mom has an open mind and took the time to go to the Amit Goswami workshop and then sit down and chat about some of the things she learned and why she went. The longer I've been doing the radio show, (laughs) the more I've realized there are less people like me than I thought. (laughs) So it was nice that my mom was kind enough to share this journey with me and dive into the world of 3H2 humans. In the upcoming recording, we talk about how Amit Goswami has a great message for all ages. A healthy mind equals a healthy body through personal growth. The first step is to believe change is possible. We also talk about non-local communication and how decorating can be a form of meditation. One of the largest takeaways for both my mom and I from Amit Goswami is his do-be-do-be-do process. So to do something, then to simply be. Then to do something, then to simply be. In the hustle and bustle tech revolution of now, it's very challenging for most people to take time to just be, to just relax and to do nothing. And what's amazing about that is of the highly productive, intelligent, and thought-provoking people I study, many of them do this. They take time to simply be. In contrast to that, the people who say that they're busy all the time, uh, I think they produce less. It's uh, very strange how doing less often will produce more because humans are designed to take a little break, similar to an engine in a car. If it's redlined for hours on end, that puts a lot of stress on the motor. That's why there's gears and stages of energy output. Humans are similar. There's stages. And it's important to recognize one's own gears and stages and to take time to dooby-dooby-doo. We also talk about Amit Goswami's happiness chart, which goes from zero to six, with six to involve the self or self-identity. The first time I was introduced to this information was at the workshop and it resonated deeply with me. It helps me realize that perhaps the reason why I have trouble engaging and communicating with people who misuse the word you, it's because they're operating at a level one, a narcissistic, preachy standpoint, rather than a level two, which is normal. I think those who misuse you and say what you need to do is this, or when you this, you feel this way. I do believe that is at a level one on the happiness scale. I like to spend my time in three and above. 
And it's very difficult for me to drop down and communicate with someone on that level one. And I didn't realize this. So that was my biggest takeaway. And I continue to process this idea that my theory of misusing the word you as an indication of someone who is not speaking consciously, but rather from a subconscious process, ties into Amit Goswami's happiness chart of a level one being narcissistic behavior. It's very cool and very comforting, and it's given me something to ponder and think about. And when I'm pondering and thinking, I tend to be happiest. So the introduction of his happiness chart has increased my happiness. (laughs) All right, and for announcements... Welcome new listeners. Visit 3h2humans.org for more information about 3h2. Check out Season 1, Episode 1, 10 List Pish Posh Words, and explore conscious communication through the first draft of our upcoming book. What I like about this episode is that it contains the core values of the book I'm writing, that I've already published it. It's not in written form, but in audio form with show notes. And that provides me some comfort that rather than feeling like I'm a failure because the book isn't published, that the ideas I have are available to those who are interested. And for me, that's the reason why I want to write a book because I feel I have something of value to share. And I've shared it. And for those who are interested in my perspective of what conscious communication is and how to reach people on a deeper level. Listen to Season 1, Episode 1, 10 List Pish Posh Words. 3H2Humans will be hiring for all positions in mid-January. Have a talent or skill? Want to be a hired contractor for the show? Email us and apply today. I could use some help. Even with this, uh, this show here, there were software updates that weren't compatible and it takes me a really long time to do simple things because I'm not very tech savvy as well as search results and complications I've had with email. Somebody who has an eye for technology can fix these things pretty easy and quickly, whereas What I'm doing now is just putting up with it being less than optimal. And that's not the way I like to operate. And that's not what 3H2Humans is about, is just putting up with something that's subpar. So for 2018, we would really like to polish up the front end and the back end of the show and the website and the 3H2Humans discovery game, all that stuff. So we view... 2018 as a polishing and producing year. Anyone who's interested in going on this journey with us, send us an email, info at 3h2humans.org. We would like to catch up with friends from the past, present, and future. Contact us today. It's pretty neat. I had a friend here in California that listened to the show and asked me about my shoulder. And uh, that's how I knew he listened to the show. Because we had been chatting, but I didn't mention that I had torn my rotator cuff. And I just get this text, how'd you hurt your shoulder? And I 
chuckled. I thought, wow, he listened to the show and that made my day. It brought sunshine into my day. Something simple as a text message, which let me know a friend checked out the show. So if there are any of my friends out there who do listen to the show, shoot me a text or an email. Offer me a little nugget of sunshine as I am going through a transitional stage. And my shoulder is a lot better. I am out of the sling, I can move around, but I'm taking it easy. I can feel it on days where I push myself, it hurts. <laughs> on days where I rest it and don't lift objects and put the heating pad on and have sufficient nutrients and mental stimuli, I do pretty well. So by the end of the day, I can tell if I had a healthy day or a not so healthy day by how my shoulder feels. And overall, I'm almost back in the saddle. I'm looking at the horse. I'm brushing down the horse. I'm throwing the saddle on, but I'm not quite ready to jump in it yet. And that's okay. I want to bond with the horse for a little bit and uh, refamiliarize myself with the life I used to live before the injury. Gratitude for those who support the show. The online store is closed, but we do continue to accept donations. My uh, professors at Washington State University told me that I would never make money in consciousness that consciousness is a dead-end field. Anyone out there who believes this to be false, offer us a donation. Prove those professors wrong. <laughs> People can create revenue from consciousness. That consciousness is soon to be the new paradigm. This is another point Amit Goswami brings up, is right now we are in scientific materialism that theories of life are based on the material world when there is a world of consciousness and energy and things that are not seen or measured with the bare eye but they're becoming able to be measured <laughs> as research is being done and in order for research to be done uh, there's a need for funding so whether it be our show or somebody else who's working in consciousness, kick down a little bit. A consumer votes with their dollar. So if there is a belief that consciousness is important, and if there is a belief that consciousness is the ground of all being, kick down, vote with the dollar. All right, <sighs> Christmas is a couple days away and uh, I'm here in the California sunshine. I'm so used to being in Spokane where there's snow on the ground. It's a little weird to walk around in a t-shirt and pants in the sunshine at Christmas time, but I'm loving it. <laughs> Mustachio and I were both due for a little bit of sunshine. And uh, this year we're gonna have a California Christmas. Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective, diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy. 
Greetings! Today is Saturday, December 16th, 2017, here in windy Roseville, California. Today, Mustachio and I are joined by Mom. Hi there, Lynn. I'm happy to be here with you. And we are happy to have you here on the show today. Well, thank you very much. Feel <laughs> very special. <laughs> Maybe repeat that you feel special. <laughs> I I feel very special that you've asked me to come on and speak with you. Well, great. I thought today we could give a little bit of a recap of our trip to Palo Alto and Mountain View and seeing Amit Goswami and all that uh, birthday fun that we had. Yes, it was especially fun because I had never been to Palo Alto, downtown Palo Alto, all the years I lived in the Bay Area. So it was uh, very surprising to me and enlightening at the good vibes that were in the University Street with all the street lights and really helped get into the Christmas spirit. So it was great. Yes, I agree. And I think that's a great way to put it is the positive vibes. The people were friendly. The Christmas trees had lights on them. The uh, streets were lined in lights. It was like a Hallmark movie. Yes, our favorite pastime. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was good to start our trip there and to have a couple of days to just kind of absorb everything and to spend some time together and I was kind of mentally preparing for our Sunday trip. It was nice. Uh, the hotel we stayed at was the Garden Courtyard, a beautiful boutique hotel and we had a balcony overlooking the waterfall and it was beautiful weather. I, I couldn't believe December would be so sunny. It was perfect. So we had a really nice beginning of our journey we were going to take that weekend for our birthday, which is on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> and she's my best birthday present. So that was. we always try to do something fun together when we can. So Lynn is now a resident of Roseville. So that made it easy to take a little jaunt over to Palo Alto. It was a very nice weekend. Yes, I agree. And the Garden Court Hotel was beautiful. I think that was a great way for us to relax and kind of decompress from our everyday lives and shift gears into a vacation mindset. Yes, and I think the trip to Mountain View was uh, kind of an unexpected surprise for me. Yes, why was it unexpected? Well, I didn't know exactly what you were getting me into. <laughs> Is that unusual? No, not at all. <laughs> so I was a little nervous about doing a workshop. I wasn't sure exactly what that was going to entail. But I did feel comfortable with the idea that Omit Goswami was a physicist and not a guru or a philosopher, that there would be some real meat in the subject matter. So I was hoping that that uh, would happen, and it did. Yeah, I, I remember our conversations uh, when we went to, I keep calling it the Yellow Fork Place in Palo Alto, but I think it's Life Kitchen, where we sat outside. The Three Seasons? 
Oh, no, the nighttime one. Yes. Yes, yes. It was a yellow fork. Yeah. I don't know what it was called. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it was Life Kitchen. And we were sitting out there talking about what the workshop would entail and how I really didn't know, but that in the past, he's been very sensitive towards the audience. And it wasn't about putting people on the spot and asking people questions. It was more of asking him questions. Yes. And so that kind of set the tone in my mind for what was to be. The unexpected part was that it was actually better than I thought it would be. So I was very impressed and I felt enlightened and I think he has a a great message to send to all ages. I especially am focusing in my later years on my health and how to be a better person. And a lot of the messages that Amit gives to someone who wants to listen are in line with those goals that I have. I want to live longer so I can spend more time with my family and to see how they turn out. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a better person because if I'm living a long time, then I should be a good person. So I learned some things. What did you learn? Well, to put it in a nutshell, grassroots is... Um, healthy mind, healthy body through personal growth. So that's the short version of it. And what I walked away with was his path is kind of like a ladder. So the first step was you have to believe you can make life changes. You have to want to make those life changes. But the main thing is you have to believe you can change bad habits, you can change the way you live. And once you believe that you can do anything you put your mind to, you're kind of ready for the second ladder step. And being a physicist, I I was impressed because he spoke about molecular levels of thought in the molecular zone and how molecules can be changed. Whereas he said a table or a chair can't be changed, and those are the physical world. So once you understand and learn how to change the molecular parts of your brain, if you want to quit smoking, you can do that. You have paths of bad habits, and you can undo all that. And so I was excited because I would like to lose weight. I would like to do a lot of things differently in my life, and I kind of was given a pathway to make those things happen. So that's that's kind of what I walked away with. I think you articulated that wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how you brought up a part that kind of rang true for me was Amit talked about people are used to just resorting to their average that whatever a person is used to, that's kind of what the person is gonna do, just resort to the average. But then believing that there can be changes and starting to think more positive changes the neuronal connections in the brain. And then a new average of heightened potential can be reached. Yes, and just going back to the latter idea, which 
really helps me visualize it. And the first step is at the bottom of the ladder. The very top of the ladder, which there's probably more, but I'm impressed with the idea that you can heal yourself if you put your mind to it. And that we've been brainwashed to think that our minds can't do a lot of things that we can do. It's not an overnight process. You have to learn all the steps through meditation, through just learning more about how your brain works, that a person can achieve a very high quality of mental level that your habits now tell you you can't do that. So I was kind of impressed with the idea that through learning and through personal growth, you evolve in different steps, much like a ladder as you climb it to the top of the ladder. And the healing was an impressive top of ladder for me, but I know that there are other non-local communications, which I've learned that word, and that's kind of, um, it's a non-verbal communication, a feeling or a um, instance where coincidences happen that you're alert to and it's more becomes a feeling of um, positive energy that you get from around you so I don't know that's <laughs> yes that was and especially for these being new vocabulary words for you it seems as though intuitively you've understood these concepts for years but just didn't have a, a label or a word to put on them and two of the words that you learned were non-local communication and synchronicity. Yes, it took me a long time to get that synchronicity down right. <laughs> but as Lynn and I, or Leonardo and, and I, has, sometimes in our daily paths will both be feeling the exact same thing and not realize it. And then when we talked about it, it was exactly what we each had in mind so it's it's kind of being in tune with another person's wavelength in a way so those things are happening all around us but you can only feel them if you're open to it and if your attitude is a positive attitude that you're surrounded by all these possibilities but you just have to wake up to it and I think that's what surprised me is that I had an awakening and I, f I feel positive, I feel good, and I do want to be healthier, I do want to live longer, I do want to be a better person. And it made me just take a pause from my daily routine, which is hectic like everyone's life is, and you just get wrapped up in those things and you forget that there's actually much more important things going on that can better yourself and give you longevity with your life. So it's a message that people aren't really receptive to because they're too busy. So sometime if people can just slow down and, and think about some of the possibilities around them, they could have a better life, a healthier life with meaningful, a meaningful life and a meaningful relationships. And um, I think I have a bad habit of maybe if something goes wrong, I get negative about it. And Lynn's always 
telling me about that. And so I'm really trying when something happens that upsets me, I'm trying to do a different twist on it and come away with something positive and get rid of that negative path that's in my brain. And I feel that is possible because I'm happier thinking about things that are positive. And if someone upsets me, I, I, I just think of a positive spin on it. And I, I think it's healthier too. So it was kind of a life change for me. So thank you for, I was a little reluctant to go to it. <laughs> I was nervous, but it did surprise me how I felt when I walked out of there. I, I felt enlightened. So I'm glad to hear that. And <laughs> it was your receptiveness. It's kind of like the old saying, a person can lead a horse to water, but isn't able to make the horse drink. And I led you to the water and you drank it. So it was something that was self-motivated. And I was very proud of you for really being in the present moment and doing the meditation exercise. My first one, by the way, made me a little dizzy, but <laughs> <laughs> it did really relax me. I, I have always been reluctant to just stop and just try to calm down. And I can see how that would be very healthy for your body and brain and that you could last a lot longer if you did more of those pauses and gave your body a rest. It could be the secret to long, long life. Yes, and I'm curious if you could give a small description of what you thought meditation was before the Amiko Swami workshop and then now what you think meditation is? Well, I always thought that you had to think of like Buddhism or something or, or you had to have some specific premise about it. And I always thought it'd be too complicated because you always see all these people meditating. It looks really like self-involved and in, in you really have to be in a trance almost. But I think I got it a little bit. I, I felt I felt the breathing, I, I felt it, and I didn't really have to think of anything. I just kind of, like the lady that was there said, just listen to your heartbeat, listen to your breathing. So you're more in tune with your body than some spiritual external uh, deity. So that, I can relate to that a lot better, and I feel better about meditation now. Yes, and I, I've noticed that with you. Uh, prior to the workshop, we had talked a little bit about meditation, and you had asked me, you know, Lynn, how, how do you meditate? <laughs> do you sit down cross-legged and just think of nothing? And, and I said, no. Uh, to me, that's not meditation. Meditation can be going for a walk or doing the dishes. It's really any moment where there's present moment awareness, where all of the external things are pushed aside and there's attention to breathing and to stimuli in the environment and the earth as one organism. Uh, to me, that's meditation. And it's something that I see you do when you decorate. I can feel that you're in a meditative state as you organize the colors and you just look so happy and at peace because you're not thinking of 
the thing the person said yesterday or that thing you have to do tomorrow. You're only thinking about how you can beautify a room. And I think that's kind of a key to good health because your body is just in a euphoric state. Because you're right, when I decorate or get ready for Christmas, it makes me happy. And I'm not thinking about any negative things that are happening around me. I, I kind of close my mind off and I'm just there in the moment. And um, like uh, Amit said, do be, do be. And I like that phrase, do be, do be. And it's time to do work. That's the do. And it's time to be. You need to have balance with your work and getting in tune with yourself and your body. And that's important if you want to be healthy. So I'm doing more of that. Yes, I've noticed that. It seems like since the workshop, you've taken a couple minutes out to just kind of be. And uh, you've been doing more of your stretches and moving away from the computer for at least, uh, even if it's five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm trying that. That, that, I got to make myself a note to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Was there anything else that struck you uh, in the seminar? Uh, Being a newbie at this, he had that chart where people are at like a number one level up to a number six level. Uh, zero to six. Zero to six. To me, that's kind of like the ladder. Yes. So, but I'm not sure. Where would you say a number six would be? Beyond healing yourself? Beyond that? Where, where, what's the top? Where's the achievement? Um, Amiko Swami, uh, as I remember, uh, defined six as the self. And I believe that's truly understanding one's self not uh the different hats people wear when someone goes to church they behave one way when they're around their friends they behave another way to truly be the self is to be the same regardless of what's going on in the exterior world and i think he called that the supernatural is that the supernatural consciousness or being or state of being uh, he spoke about the supramental. Oh, supramental, yes, supramental. Is that that state? I believe. Um, I think they're slightly different concepts, but I think a person who is operating at that level six and has a true sense of self is more likely to enter the supramental. And he explained that as outside of humanness. So it's one level above the mental capacity of humans. I I recall now he said something that's where you rely on yourself for your own interpretations, not someone else's interpretation. Yes. Okay, okay. And that's a pretty good state to be in. Yes. So. And to clarify for the audience, the best of my recollection of the numbers is zero is a psychopath so that's someone who doesn't recognize that other people have feelings is pretty much unable to relate to other people and then a level one is someone who's narcissistic so thinks only of themselves and views the world just from 
a ego standpoint. And then a number two is normal. So that's just day-to-day normal people. Three, I believe, was fundamental creativity. Four, I'm not sure. I think three and four were about creativity and how creativity is at a higher state. Oh, yes, there's two types of creativity. Uh, Just being creative and then the fundamental creativity is coming up with something original and unique. So yeah, that's three and four is creativity. (laughs) Then five were the archetypes. So thinking about love, compassion. I'm I'm not sure what the archetypes are. All positive, uh, everything positive. And then uh, six was the self. And is that the healing state? I know some people in the audience talked about healing, being self-healers and in healing. Is that the state? that you'd have to be in the self state to be able to believe and recognize that you can heal yourself or heal someone else? I believe that happens in numbers three and above. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm a two or three. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> as we spoke, when you do uh, decorating, where you're in that fundamental creativity mindset, it's similar to meditating. And that can be very restorative. It can increase vitality. It can be healing. That's where positive, awesome neuronal connections happen is that to and above. Okay, so healing can take a lot of different phases. In other words, not necessarily healing. I'm not talking about healing a broken arm, but just like healing some inner um, distress that you feel in your body or muscle distress. You can heal that through meditation and being in touch with your body and walking the path, like stretching, meditation, a lot of those practices are part of healing. As we speak, I'm beginning to understand healing yeah. more too. <laughs> I, I be, at the beginning, I thought, oh, you just put your hand on somebody and they're healed. So now it's, there's a lot more to it than that. So it makes it uh, seem more uh, obtainable. Yes. And one of the great things for me that I took away from Amit Goswami's zero to six chart was that I spend a lot of time in the three and above where sometimes it's very difficult for me to relate to normal or narcissistic people. It's incredibly challenging. And to hear that fundamental creativity is a heightened state of neuronal connections and energy helps me feel a bit more comfortable just kind of doing my own thing and doing 3H2 humans and having that fundamental creativity because in a way, that's kind of like a friend. And that was another thought I was thinking about how people in society with different numbers, there's zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, how they all interact in society. It's, it's kind of interesting how that happens. Some people don't get along. Maybe it's because they're a three and a five, or it's just interesting how different people are at different levels mentally, not uh, intellectually, but mentally, and 
how we go through life interacting with people that are at different mental levels is kind of awesome. But you know, <laughs> it's it would be a great society if more people could climb the ladder and be at a higher level and enjoy each other more on a realistic level, not a, hi, how you doing? Don't really care how they answer it. Said that, move on to be real with people. So, but I know people are too busy. They really don't care. That's why you you have difficulty with an audience because a lot of people just don't care. But why? They just don't have time. They're caught up. They don't even know there's a ladder to climb. So it's hard to wake them up and to tell them there's a lot more going on in life. So it's not an easy task. So I hope you hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get discouraged. I, you know me. I, I just I keep going no matter what because, and we talked about this, I feel like rather than me choosing consciousness studies, consciousness studies chose me. It's a part of who I am, and it's just that's where I'm comfortable. And I'm very proud of you that you've obtained that level of conscious communication and sometimes it's difficult for us to talk because I'm not at that level that's another reason I wanted to go to the workshop so I could at least attempt to begin that path so that we could have more conversations at a level that makes you happier I'm hoping that everyone who's listening to this will understand there's a lot more to life than just your everyday routine and that your children are very important and the relationship between parents and children these days seem very strained and it's such a shame because life's short. I'm in my 60s and life just zoomed by me and I'm fortunate I have a good relationship with my son and daughter. I know there are a lot of parents that don't have that. Maybe if they walk this path a little bit they could have a better relationship because you're only here once and it's not a very long time so everybody love each other and respect each other and be happy i think that's a great message and i think this is a great time i got a little message from mustachio to talk about the listener challenge which ties into that which is engage in fundamental creativity. Because I think that's something that can jilt people out of a busy mindset to feel that creativity, to create something and to beautify something, just to have that magical mindset. And believe it or not, there are a lot of people who don't know what that feels like. In the workforce, there are people who go about every day and they do mundane things and they really don't know what it feels like to do something that you're passionate about and to feel that feeling of almost euphoria to accomplish something or to do an activity that raises your mindset. And once you have felt that, it stimulates you to continue doing that. A lot of people I've met I could tell that they don't know what that what that even means and it's very rewarding to see people who do feel satisfaction 
out of doing uh, a project or something that they're passionate about, that they feel good about. Usually people go to work and they don't feel good about their job. That's unfortunate. A, a lot of people do feel good about their job and they feel that, but it's kind of sad that people just go through life, go through the motions of living and not really feeling life. So hopefully if you have a friend or know someone who's in that zone, maybe you can make their day, change their life, and help them wake up. That's a great tie-in to where a person's fundamental creativity could be creating something that eases the life of a loved one. And it could be something as simple as cleaning out a pantry or drawing a picture. It doesn't have to be real wild, just something that evokes new stimuli. And shows your loved one that you're paying attention to them and that you've taken the time to do something for them. And in the Christmas spirit, that would make a nice gift, a to-do list that you might want to put together for a loved one because sometimes it's hard to figure out what people want. And that's a personal gift that money can't buy. So, Yes, and that's... I think a big part of fundamental creativity is it's not about money and glamour. It's about creation and beautification. So for this listener challenge, what do you plan to do this week for fundamental creativity? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm getting the house ready for Christmas. We're having Christmas dinner here. So I like to have the house organized and decorated that's my fun thing, and get uh, rid of all the debris and plan dinner. So I guess that's my plan. I plan to do that, to get ready for Christmas, and that's one of my favorite times of the year. It's a family time, and look forward to having all the family here and everybody just taking a moment to be with each other and getting away from all the stressful activities outside these walls. I think that's great. And my fundamental creativity is going to be producing this show, getting that taken care of, and also helping you on this journey to have that end goal of the house being in order and beautiful to where when we have family over, people can just relax and spend quality time visiting. And you are a big help. And it is a big deal. So you come over and you clean out the pantry. <laughs> I think that's great because the pantry is the worst place in the kitchen usually. <laughs> and to feel it all organized and neat and clean makes me feel really good. So daughters out there, go clean your mom's pantry. It'll make her feel very happy and loved. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Thank you for joining us today. I'm happy to be here with you and support you on this endeavor and path of, well, it's a difficult path. So, again, don't give up. I'm here to support you. Your family loves you. We're all here to support you. And we wish you all the best in accomplishing your goals. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. And I'll continue to strive for numbers three and above. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mustachio Mom and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective. 
Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Merry Christmas <laughs> and a Happy New Year. Enjoy.